0: Five, four, three, two, one, zero. 4, 3, 2, ignition, liftoff. Welcome, everybody, to The Parent Podcast. My name is Matt Clark. This is a ministry of Genoa Church, and we just want to thank you for being here today. Uh, the purpose of this podcast is to help parents grow in their biblical knowledge so that hopefully it'll spark some conversation with your kids. And we ask you to remember this, is that your kids will grow if you live out what you know. Your kids will grow if you live out what you know. Now, what does that mean? That means that if you grow in your biblical knowledge, if you grow in your relationship with Christ, then chances are your kids will see that in you and, um, you know, hopefully replicate that. So... We again we thank you for being here uh today. Normally normally I'm accompanied by my friend Ben, but Ben actually is on a business trip in Miami, Florida. So um here's a shout out to Ben. We hate you and we hope that you have a terrible time. Just kidding, just kidding. It's uh, uh, he'll probably have a great time. It's supposed to be pretty warm down there. So uh shout out to Ben, but again, I'm going to be by myself today and this is our first podcast back in uh since 2017. It's our first one of the year. So we want to thank you for tuning in and we apologize that it's been a couple of weeks since we've done one. It's been about three or four weeks, so uh, we're going to get back into it. So the title of the podcast today is simply titled, Can God Use a Dysfunctional Family Like Mine? Can God Use a Dysfunctional Family Like Mine? Now, I want to ask you, uh, before we get started, think, think, think of, uh, in your mind, think about the most dysfunctional family that you know of now this it can be real life or it can just be uh, maybe a family on TV but think about that the most dysfunctional family that you can think of hmm there's a lot out there like i know on TV i think of like the simpsons you know that's a show i I've watched a lot of uh, stuff like that. I, I mean, any really any TV on family. There's a, there's an element of dysfunction to them. But I, I think that when when you think of dysfunctional families, chances are you may even be thinking of your own. I mean, I, I know that uh, my fa- I love my family. I've got a lot of great family members, but there there are elements of dysfunction in there. I would say. Um, I, I read a comic strip once that um, that showed a psychiatrist and a patient having a conversation, and the patient was laying on the couch right next to the psychiatrist and. He asked him the question, he says, does your entire family suffer from mental illness? And I love what the patient responded with. He said, no, they don't suffer. They all seem to really enjoy it, actually. So, uh, so I mean, dysfunctional families are full of imperfect people. And, and and really, if if you look around, I mean, your family, the world, I mean, we're all imperfect. We are all imperfect people. And because of sin, which we've talked about in previous podcasts, This sin has made us all broken, so we're all imperfect. In fact, there's only one perfect person who's walked this earth, and that is Jesus Christ himself. So dysfunctional families are everywhere. And and, and the next question I want to ask you if you're listening is, you know, obviously everybody is part of a dysfunctional family in some aspect. But when we're talking about imperfect people, I want you to ask yourself this question now. Has there ever been a time when you as a parent feel that you have failed? Has there ever been a time that you feel that you have failed your kids in regards to how you parented them? Maybe you look at your kid and say, oh, man, I went about handling that the wrong way, and I hope I didn't screw him up for life, you know, and uh, or you you disciplined your kid the wrong way, and maybe you were a little too angry when you disciplined, or however it is. Uh, you, you give your kid bad advice on a certain subject or something like that. Well, I've got some good news for you because chances are, if you're listening to this podcast and you are a parent, there has been at least one time that you feel that you failed as a parent. I, I know that I have. I know that my wife feels that way. And pretty much every parent I've ever talked to would, would be willing to admit, yeah, I've screwed up at least once. And I mean, it's, it's just reality. I mean, here's the good news, though. Every parent has. Every parent feels that they failed or screwed up at least once. And, and I've got some even better news for you is that God can still use you and your screw-ups for his perfect plan. He can still use you and your screw-ups for his perfect plan. Now, if you look through Scripture, you will see a multitude of screwed-up people that God still used. I mean, think about it. You've got David, right? David committed adultery with Bathsheba. This is the guy who wrote the Psalms, and he he was the king of Israel. I mean, this he was a big deal, yet he still committed adultery with Bathsheba. When you Fast forward to the New Testament, you've got the disciple Peter. I mean, this guy probably had a little bit of an anger problem. I mean, he cut that dude's ear off when, when, when they were arresting Jesus. And not only that, but he denied Jesus three times while Jesus was being crucified. Three times. I mean, that was Jesus' greatest time of need, and he rejected him three times. And then another example is the Apostle Paul. I mean, he, this guy, you know, wrote most of the New Testament, which I would say was a pretty big deal in terms of Christianity. But this guy actually persecuted Christians before he became a Christian. So, I mean, he was throwing guys in jail. He was around when Stephen was martyred for, for being a Christian. So, I mean, you, you see that all these people I just mentioned, they all have one thing in common, is that they were all screw-ups before God got a hold of them and used them, all right? So, I mean, and David, I mean, David was a screw-up even after God got a hold of him. He still messed up. There's there's a quote by a guy named J.D. Greer, who I love this quote. He says, In the great mystery of grace, God commandeers even our stupid decisions to accomplish his purposes in us. Let me read that again. In the great mystery of grace, God commandeers even our stupid decisions to accomplish his purpose in us. Now, that should make everybody feel pretty good. I know it makes me feel pretty good, knowing that even if I make stupid decisions, God can still use me. Now, what I want to do right now is I want to read you our Bible story today. Um, this is from Genesis uh, chapter 27 and this is about Jacob and Esau. Now what I want to do is I want to give you a little backstory because we have, like I said, we've missed about three or four weeks and so we've had a couple Bible stories in there in kids church that we've talked about. So I want to kind of get you up to speed. Uh, the, the, last, the last kind of series that we did was on Abraham. It was about when God made the covenant with Abraham and he spoke to Abraham and said, Abraham, I want you to leave where you are, and I want you to go to this new land that, that I'm going to give to you. In fact, I'm going to make you a father uh, of, of a multitude of people. You, you can look at, He told him to look up to the sky, and he says, when you look up to the sky, your children will outnumber the stars in the sky. And it was this really great promise that he made to him, this great covenant, where he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you a father of many descendants. I'm going to bless you with land. And not only that, but your family will bless the world. Now, what we know is if you fast forward to the end of, well, I mean, not to the end, but if you fast forward over to the New Testament, we see that Jesus Christ was a direct descendant of Abraham. He was in that family line. So when God promised Abraham that he was going to be, that that his descendants would bless the world, essentially what he was saying was, Jesus Christ, your descendant will come and save the world, which is pretty awesome. It's a pretty awesome covenant. And, And you really, you have to think that Abraham probably didn't have any idea to the extent of how his family would bless the world, but it was Jesus Christ. So so now you've got Abraham, who his son, he had a son named Isaac, and then now Isaac had Jacob and Esau as his two kids. And that's what we're going to focus on today, because when we're talking about dysfunctional families uh, we've got a doozy in, in Genesis chapter 27, because these guys are pretty, uh, these guys did some pretty incredible things in terms of uh, being a dysfunctional family. So I'm going to read you a portion of this. This is from this is from Genesis chapter 27, verse 18. We have Isaac is, uh, a, again, a little bit of, a, a, what's the word? Like a little bit of, a, let me summarize what happened right before this portion in Genesis chapter 27, verse 1. But but so you've got Isaac who is growing older now. In, in fact, he's he's coming closer to death, and he's lost his eyesight. Now he has two sons, Jacob and Esau, who are twins, and Isaac's wife Rebecca is part of the story also. But but Jacob, it said that he was he was um, he was a good cook. He liked to to make food and stuff. And then you've got Esau who was more of the the manly one. He would he would be outside uh, hunting, and he would. Uh, kill the animals and bring them in to be cooked and stuff. And, and it said that Esau was, was very hairy, had hairy arms, and he was just a big burly guy. And Well, Isaac realizes that he's coming to the, to the end of his life, and he calls in his wife, Rebecca, or I'm sorry, he calls in his son Esau, and he says, Esau, go hunt, get, uh, go make me my favorite meal, because when you get back, I'm going to eat, and then I'm going to give you my blessing. Essentially, he's going to give him the right to all of the land and the property and the wealth that Isaac has. And so this is a big moment for Esau. He's the oldest son. He he gets, you know, back in those days, the birthright was you were, if you were the oldest, you got the right to all the property that your parents had. So this was the moment that he was saying, hey, I'm going to bless you with all this stuff. So Esau leaves. And as he leaves, his wife, Rebecca, this is where the dysfunction starts to creep in because uh, Isaac's wife, Rebecca, overhears this. And scripture tells us that Rebecca loved Jacob more, while Isaac loved Esau more. Well, Rebecca went and she got Jacob, and they kind of concocted this plan that they were going to dress dress, uh, dress Jacob up as Esau. They put they put uh, fur on his arms to make it seem that his hair that his that his arms were hairy, and then and then they even put his clothes on Esau's clothes on Jacob that made him smell like a man of the field that he was out hunting and stuff. So. That, that's kind of the prep to it. Now we're going to jump in, but this is Genesis 27, verse 18. So here's what it says. It says, when he came to his father, this is talking about Jacob. When he came to his father, he said, my father. And, and Isaac answered, here I am. Who are you, my son? And Jacob replied to his father, lying. He said, I am Esau, your firstborn. I've done as you've told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game that you may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, however did you find it so quickly, my son? He replied, because the Lord your God worked it out for me. Now, listen, not only did he lie there, but he lied about that God helped him do it. So, I mean, this is, this is remember, we're talking dysfunctional family here. Then Isaac said to Jacob, he said, please come closer so that I can touch you, my son. Are you really my son Esau or not? Now, remember, Isaac is blind here, so he can't see. So Jacob came closer to his father Isaac. When he touched him, he said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau, so he blessed him. Again he asked, Are you really my son Esau? And he replied, I am. Then he said, Let me eat some of my son's game so that I may bless you. Jacob brought it to him, and he ate it, and he brought him wine, and he drank. And then at this point he gives him the blessing. Well, later on, if you continue to read, you see that that Jacob got the blessing. Esau came in and realized that the blessing had been given to his younger brother, essentially stolen from him. And he says that he gets really angry. So Rebecca ends up telling Jacob, hey, we got to get you out of here or your brother is going to kill you. So go away for a couple of days and stay with your uncle and then I'll call you back. Now, those couple of days ended up being 20 years. So it was a long time. But, But all that to say, that right there is a, I would say, is a dysfunctional family. You've got a guy who is lying to his dying father who's gone blind saying that he is that he's lying to him, saying that he's the older son. So, that, I mean, that's dysfunctional. He he stole from his brother the birthright that really belonged to his older brother, Esau. So, I mean, that's dysfunctional. And not only that, but you got the mom in this picture, where Rebecca is the wife of Isaac. I mean, she really conspired this whole thing. She was the one who really... Uh, put Jacob up to doing this. So, I mean, it, you, when you look around there, there's just all these, you know, all the elements of the family unit here are just kind of going at each other, and it's a really, really dysfunctional family. Now, when you, when you read that story, it, it's, it's easy to look at that story and be like, man, those are some screwed up people. But if you continue to read uh, in the Bible there, you, you see that God used Jacob for great things. I mean, Jacob became the head of Israel. He, he 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 carried on this this covenant that God made with Abraham as the head of this family, and so to say that that God uses screwed up people might be an understatement. There, I mean, He used that family for great things, but they were all screwed up. So now let me ask you this, and we'll finish by saying this: is um, I, I want to talk about what this means practically to you as a parent. Okay, w- what does this mean? To you as a parent, if you know that you've made mistakes, you know that your kids have made mistakes, and, and specifically you as a parent, that you maybe have done things that you're not proud of in terms of how you've parented. I've got some great some great news for you because there's a book i've been reading by a guy named paul david tripp and if you've never heard of this guy i encourage you to buy every book that you can find on this guy especially involving parenting but this is a guy who wrote a book called it's titled parenting 14 gospel principles that can radically change your family now i'll put the uh the title of this book on the show notes down below so you can look it up if you want to get it but i was reading through this book and and the, the amazing thing about this book is when i started reading it I started reading the introduction first before I even dove into chapter one, and just in the introduction, he gave me this. He gave he gives the reader a very, very um, a great way to view parenting, and I want to share that with you as we close. So, it's this. Um, he says in this introduction that. Uh, Good good parenting starts by knowing who you are as a parent. And he kind of gives you these two words here uh, to to, um, see what kind of parent you are. And they're this. It's are you an owner or are you an ambassador? And let me tell you what he defines an owner as, as a parent. He says that um, owners are motivated and they're shaped by what parents want for their children and from their children. It's driven by a vision of what we want our children to be and what we want our children to give us in return. So you, you know you'll see that the parents who are owners they're the ones who drive their kids to into uh, certain professions and that that's all that matters to them is you know if you don't grow up to be a doctor then you're not gonna you're not you know you're not really a great son of mine you know and they might not say that but that's kind of the point or 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 they push them maybe into sports because they 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 wish they had played sports as a kid I've seen this before where where um, there are some fathers who just, they live vicariously through their kids in sports. And so that's kind of something that they get out out of in return from their kids. So that's an owner. Now, contrary to this is what he calls an ambassador. And here's what an ambassador is. The only thing an ambassador does is that he's interested in keeping his job, or I'm sorry, the only thing that an ambassador does if he's interested in keeping his job is to faithfully represent the message, methods, and character of the leader who sent him successful parenting isn't about achieving goals, but about being a usable and faithful tool in the hands of the one who alone is able to produce good things in your children. Now, that right there should give you relief as a parent to know that that you're not speaking on, when you parent, you shouldn't be speaking on behalf of yourself. You should be speaking on behalf of God. And here's the great news. Here's the great news. Practically speaking, we are all screwed up people. We're all screwed up people. We're all dysfunctional in some way. Why would we want our kids to be exactly like us? Why? Why would you want your kid to be exactly like a fallen sinner who who messes up all the time? And that's not to say they won't. We know, we know that nobody here is perfect on earth. But but here's what who should we should, we need to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. We need to be pointing our kids to Jesus Christ. We should want them to be like the only perfect, non-dysfunctional person to walk this earth, Jesus Christ. So, in just kind of to, to end this, I just want to encourage you guys, be ambassadors. Parent like an ambassador. Speak on behalf of Jesus Christ. Speak on behalf of God and what Scripture tells us to, to do as Christians. The moment you try to parent your kids into becoming exactly like you, that's not good parenting. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. And, and I want to thank you guys for being here. And, and you know, this one's a little shorter than normal, but um, I, I just want to encourage you guys that when, when it comes to being dysfunctional family, you know, kind of, <laughs> I would just say own it, you know, you are a dysfunctional family. We, we, we're all sinners saved by Jesus Christ, but but God can still use you. God can still use your family and, and, and I would say that if you if you point your kids in the direction of Jesus Christ, great things are bound to happen. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in to The Parent Podcast. If you have any questions or any comments or any topics you'd love us to discuss on the podcast, please feel free to email me at mclark, that's M-C-L-A-R-K, at genoachurch.org. Until then, uh, we'll see you next time on The Parent Podcast.